0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Adventures in DevOps. I'm your host for the day, Jonathan Hall. And here in the virtual studio, after much time away, we have returned our wonderful co-host, Jillian.
1: Hi, Jonathan, and thank you for the nice intro. It's good to be back.
0: We missed you so much.
1: Aw, thank you. I missed you guys, too. Aw.
0: Today, unfortunately, Will had to run. He may join us later if he's done with, uh, I guess he said he had an incident or something at his day job. The sad part about being employed is sometimes you have to run away. But maybe he'll join us, and maybe not. We'll see if we get a pleasant surprise before the show's over.
2: Hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs, and lately I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com.
0: So today, I think we should talk about learning things. What do you think about that, Jillian?
1: I think that sounds good. I think it's a very important skill set when you're in a technical field, you're always learning something new. I'm very rarely working on like something that I feel like, okay, 100% up and down I know this, you know, like the way that I used to know my multiplication tables or something like that. So yeah, right. I think that's a great topic.
0: Three times five is eight. Oh, I right?
1: don't I don't even know. So, you know, so, like I thought multiplication <laughs> tables because this is the kind of stuff that my kids are doing and they keep asking me these kind of questions. And I'm like, uh-huh. guys, I don't know. I have a computer that does this for me. Their teachers do not like that answer. Like they do not like that answer at all. But you that's, know, when, you know, when I was, like, it,
0: this probably is true for you too. But you know, when I was in high school trying to use a calculator, the teacher would always say, you're never, you're not going to have a calculator everywhere you go. Well, joke's on them because we all have calculators everywhere we go now.
1: <laughs> yeah calculators and spell check and grammar check and punctuation yeah. check it's like <laughs> teachers
0: and wikipedia <laughs> yeah that excuse yeah. uh just doesn't fly very long but still it is important to learn things and i was thinking about this recently because uh, you know i've been part of a conversation about whether or not it makes sense to do a corporate subscription to udemy and it also comes up a lot in the course of talking about uh hiring people you know what kind of questions should you ask to determine whether they have the aptitude to to take on new skills and learn new skills. So I'm kind of curious what you think, and, and we can compare notes. How does it make the most sense to learn a new new skill set or a new piece of, you know, there's a lot of things you can learn. We, we could talk about really big things like, I want to learn Kubernetes, or even just simple things like, what's the command line flag for that one thing I forgot to do, you know, and everything in between. But generally speaking, what do you think makes the most sense to, or, or how do you approach these sorts of questions we need to learn something.
1: I tend to jump around a lot. Like initially I'll go in with good intentions that I'm going to learn the foundations of this new technology that I'm supposed to be learning. And then about halfway through I get bored and just like start building and breaking things. I do, since you mentioned Udemy, I do actually quite like them. I think that was one of the first sort of online course platforms that I ever started to actually buy courses from. I do have to say, though, that I part of that is that I really like their price point. A lot of times their courses go on sale for like $10. So even if I only pay attention to two or three of the lessons, as long as I really got something out of those lessons, I'm like, okay, you know, this this was worth the like 10 or $15 or whatever I paid. I'm not sure what the business pricing is and kind of the how to balance how much value you're getting versus price. But, um, but I do actually really like that platform. They have a few really good courses that I like for like data science and machine learning. There's an instructor there named Jose Portilla. And some of the instructors on there have really like made this, you know, like their whole business, they take it seriously, they have TAs, it's a pretty well run platform. So I do a lot on Udemy. And then I also generally try to keep current, I haven't been doing as good of a job with it lately. But um generally to keep current, I actually really like subscribing to different m- mailing newsletters. And a lot of times I'll just like find a blog that's something, you know, where somebody is writing about some very niche topic of like, bioinformatics and HPC and I'll subscribe to their newsletter. And I like that because it's kind of like a it doesn't require quite as much brain power is like taking is like taking a course. It's the kind of thing I sit down in the morning, I'm like, you know, spinning up my instances or looking at reports. And like then I'll also be Kind of reading through these newsletters to just kind of keep current and introduce introduce myself to new concepts. What new tools might be coming up the pipeline? That kind of thing. Nice. What about you? What do you where do you tend to go when you need to learn something new?
0: It depends. So like if if I'm trying to just learn the basics of something, uh, Google like like what what is if my question was like what is Kubernetes and will it solve a problem for me? I would start with Google to, to just get a high level understanding, and then I might dive into some YouTube videos or something, uh, maybe a conference talk on the topic. It was sort of. For something a little bit more in depth than just here's what you know, Kubernetes is cloud orchestration. You know something more in depth than that. You know get a feel for what it is. But then when it comes to like you know, I've decided I've committed myself to learn this thing. I usually go for books or hands on experience. And then then the hands on experience. You know it's if it's Kubernetes or a new programming language or something, I'm gonna I'm gonna play with the thing. And of course I'll have thousands of questions during that. And Google and Stack Overflow and websites like that are our go-tos you know they're always at my fingertips at that stage i've never really done the udemy thing although there was one time i was actually trying to learn terraform a couple years ago and i used it wasn't udemy it was linkedin's training platform i can't remember what it's called but i took a a very short course on that and honestly it was i was just trying to learn you know high level stuff i didn't i didn't get real in-depth there the in-depth stuff came later when i was uh, doing it on my own so yeah that's kind of my only experience with like video instruction when it comes to learning, but I definitely know people who are are advocates for for Udemy or or things like that. I just, I guess, I guess if I'm going to spend 15 bucks on a To learn a thing, I kind of prefer to have a book because I just feel like it's so much more in depth than I can get from a video. But that's a very personal preference.
1: I I think that must be very personal because I'm completely the opposite. I'm a very visual learner. And so I like the video and the diagrams and, you know, just like things being interactive. So I prefer video. But I do definitely think that's a personal preference. That's another thing to take into account. Like, how do you learn? Do you prefer books? Do you prefer Uh, You know, for the listeners, do you prefer books? Do you prefer videos? Do you know? Maybe you should try both.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, I think. I mean, certainly, it's easier to get in depth in a book, at least for certain topics. Like, I don't know, if you're studying programming syntax for something, I don't know. I feel like a book is a better media for that, just because it's you know, you can put pages and pages of syntax or whatever, or or a website. It doesn't have to be a book, but for other things, I think some people are very much more effective watching somebody do the thing so yeah it, it depends a lot on uh, from in my take in my opinion it depends on a what i'm learning and b uh, what what the learner's preferences are
1: i think it definitely must depend on what you're learning too because all that i can think of is like being in college and having these books and then you know learning the syntax for like c++ and whatnot and then getting out of college and being like oh this is all out of date this is all a couple of years out of date this is no good at all although those were textbooks not like You know, I don't know what O'Reilly or whatever kind of books are out there now. What about certifications? Do you ever go for certifications or did you at one point in your career and you don't now? Or Um, vice
0: versa? I got certified once when I ran my I ran a dial up ISP many, many years ago. Back before back when dial up still existed, right? And my backbone trunk, so to speak, my my main connection to serve my customers was a wireless connection. So I got a certification to install that wireless equipment. That's the only certification I've ever had in my life. Oh, well, I got CPR certified once too. So I've had two certifications.
1: CPR I'm, one is good.
0: <laughs> that's a lot more practical. Was it? It's it course expired now. I got that in high school. Uh, but that's a lot more practical than th- installing this particular brand of wireless technology that doesn't exist anymore. Predates uh, Wi-Fi. So, yeah, that was before... 8 or 211. Anyway, so no, uh, certifications have not been a cornerstone of my career, to say the least. I'm not a big advocate of certificates, but I do think they can be valuable for certain people in certain uh, jobs, especially cloud-based jobs. You know, if you're trying to do AWS or something like that, I think there can be a lot of value in that, especially early in one's career. If if you already have five or 10 years experience, uh, people are going to look at that rather than your certifications. But if you don't have that experience on your CV yet, I do think that those certifications are a good way to boost your your uh, higher ability very quickly,
1: yeah, I would I would agree with that. I would say if you have a choice between like working on a project and doing a certification, you know if there's only so much time in the day, you can only do so much. Go for the project. There are definitely certain fields where they seem to stress getting certifications more. So like, for example, when I worked in IT, they really they really wanted you to get certifications. I don't know how much of that was like we have budget allocated to continuing education, and you had better use it because we don't like having unspent budget and how much of that was real. But I mean, you know, it was good. They very nicely paid for me to get some certifications, and I got them, and they they did really seem to kind of press on that that was also a lot earlier in my career that was like you know the first like four or five years that I was working as a professional in the field I suppose um, I haven't had anybody ask me about any kind of certifications in quite a while I think I was asked like once if I was certified on AWS and I was just like no and that was kind of the end of that conversation but mm-hmm. I don't you know I don't know if for jobs and things um, I also haven't like applied for any kind of job in years now so i don't know if that's a thing that you know if you go and you apply in certain fields they want to see that you're certified in the cloud i just don't know
0: yeah i don't know i've never have not having certificate certifications means that i have not applied for jobs that require it so i i just kind of brush over those so yeah i'm not not the best one to answer that question but i i do think that i don't know if it's a hard requirement but even if it's not a hard requirement especially if you're new i do think that having a certificate will show that you have a certain amount of knowledge that you couldn't otherwise prove. You know, it's, it's hard to prove that you have knowledge by playing with Kubernetes on your Raspberry Pis in, in, the, in the basement. Maybe it's good experience, but it's hard to prove that. Uh, at least the certification proves it in a, in a sense.
1: Yeah, that's what I found, too. I mean, they're good to have. You know, I still list a couple of them, but I don't know that I would put the time or, or money into a new one unless I really wanted to, like, change fields. I guess. Oh yeah. Uh, like I yeah. know a couple of people who have gotten what's the business degree, like a business administration degree or something like, but mm-hmm. it's something like adjacent to, you know, whatever the thing is that they're doing and they go and they get a certification or, you know, another master's degree or something like that.
0: Yeah, sure. Sure. When, so I mean, aside from Udemy, uh, have you tried any other of the video based platforms? And if so, have you had any, what's your experience?
1: I have only tried Udemy and I did one of the certifications through Udacity. I did really like the program on Udacity. I think they've restructured them since then, but the one that I did was a machine learning engineer, which was kind of like a a mix of, it was basically like data science and machine learning on the cloud. So it was a nice mix of things. And that was just a really good certification. That was actually, that was in my last job and they were still, they were a little bit less like we want for you to do certifications. Like when I worked in IT, they wanted for you to do at least one or two a year and then in my last job, I think they wanted for you to do like one, like every maybe like two to three years just to stay current. And so I did that one. It was, I mean, it was really good. I really liked the program. I thought they did a good job. They had like projects and then you, you do the projects and you submit your work and then you get an actual, like an actual like person grading the assignments and giving you feedback and you have to get like to a certain level before, you know, before you pass and you get the certificate. So it's a little bit, it's like a little bit guided. It's not completely self-paced the way that, you know, Udemy courses, like for most Udemy courses, you go, you can sign up at any time, and it's completely self paced. You do everything on your own, which of course, you know, has pros and cons. But this one was like, you know, you you start on a certain date, you get your assignments in by a certain date, and you do the certifications that those are the only ones I've tried. I haven't tried the LinkedIn learning, the poor LinkedIn bots keep trying to get me to try it, by the way, like every yeah. once in a while, they're like, did you know you get LinkedIn learning? And I'm like, oh, guys, I'm sure, you know, I'm I'm sure that it's great. I just I just don't want to. Um, I'm good. I'm good mostly with YouTube. And then, yeah, Mm -hmm. very occasionally I'll go to Udemy and get something.
0: How do you decide when YouTube isn't good enough and that Udemy makes sense?
1: Generally, if I want to go deeper on a topic or if it's if it's a topic that I'm like really not familiar with. So I think one of the last ones that I took was a course in using AWS Amplify, which is like an AWS, I suppose you could say it's like a full stack framework for building web applications. And I don't do a lot of web development. So it was kind of it was like new enough that I was like, okay, I kind of I want, you know, I want like a background and somebody holding my hand a little bit and like giving me assignments and having like more in depth lessons and giving me like lots of they give you like the solutions and the code and all that so i think that was the last one that i took and so yeah i think that's generally my distinction if i'm really really unfamiliar with it then i like to go and take more of like a course style or something that's just generally going to be more in depth it's the same thing when i did the certification i was still pretty new to both the cloud and the more kind of like modern day machine learning Mm -hmm. as opposed to just running like a Million random correlations and seeing what falls out.
0: I guess I I just remembered, I I do have experience with an online learning platform, but not as a student. <laughs> I taught a course uh, one time. It was a two-day course for O'Reilly a couple of years ago. So they have a good online learning platform. I guess I can say it's good. I mean, from a from a teacher's perspective, it seemed like a pretty solid platform. I can't comment on the content, except mine. mine my content was amazing, but it was one time. So sorry you missed it. Everyone else's content, I'm assuming, is equally amazing, but I don't know that from experience. So... <laughs> Actually, um, no, that
1: reminds me, I did take an O'Reilly course once. I took like their oh, no. Python certification or something, but I did it right after my youngest was born and I I don't remember any of it because there's like a six month gap in my memory there where, oh, no. I don't know, like the world could have imploded and I don't think I would remember it. So <laughs> it's probably, I'm sure it's great. It's probably great.
2: Yeah. All right. Hi, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching.
0: So when it comes to like daily things, when you're trying to dig yourself out of a hole, or, or remember that that thing that you forgot about, or look up the syntax for something, what what are your go-to resources for that sort of learning?
1: Google, Google, and Stack Overflow. I also like I use the PyCharm IDE, and a lot of times, mm-hmm. like I'm doing a lot of stack trace type things, and there's this on a Mac, it's Command B, and like if you're if you're on say a function. Or something and you press command b it will bring you to the source of that function and then you can look at the source code i do that a lot i do that so much that's probably like my most used like tech tip is make sure that you're working in a proper ide where it's self-documenting meaning if you're having trouble with a function you have a very easy way to look up that function and figure out exactly what to do and Mm -hmm. i like pycharm for that besides that google and stack overflow I think Stack Overflow runs all of our lives. You know, I remember one day when Stack Overflow was down and the whole team was just like, we should just go home. Like, what are we doing here? We have no purpose.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is worse, when Stack Overflow goes down or when GitHub goes down?
1: I think Stack Overflow, actually, because Stack Overflow <laughs> is probably, you know, like Stack Overflow is like, I want an answer now. Whereas Git mm-hmm. is like, ah, eh, you know, like, whatever. I can I can push it in an hour or two. And I have a lot of the source libraries on my computer anyways. So I would I would say yeah. Stack Overflow is a more immediate problem.
0: All right, I was having some frustrations with GitHub today, which made me think of that. It wasn't down; it was just I think they had some servers out of sync because my notifications would show old notifications I had snoozed three hours before and stuff like that.
1: I um, turn all my notifications on GitHub off, all of yeah. them. There's so many. I belong to like a lot of repos and I'm just like, no, guys, if, yeah. if it's that important, somebody will email me or contact me directly.
0: Well, what other angles can we take here? I mean, I, I guess I could answer the question, too. You know, I, I rely, of course, on Google and Stack Overflow. And uh, since I'm a Go developer, I, I depend on the, Go, the online Go docs a lot at pkg.go.dev. That's the equivalent, I think, to your PyCharm IDE documentation there. And each language, have, of course, has their own documentation ecosystem so yeah, you know the, the language documentation for the language i'm using is is usually at my fingertips yeah so i guess that's kind of my answer to that do you have any any resources you use for like bigger topics but you know i don't know like do you follow any bloggers or maybe youtube channels or anything you know to, to sort of keep up to, to speed on certain things
1: so i follow um a publication, is that what they're called, on Medium, that it's one Mm -hmm. of these, I suppose it's like a journal that multiple people can submit to. So it's not just any one person. um, Anybody can presumably submit their blog article to towards data science, and it gets accepted or not. Like there is a group of moderators that gives the final, uh, the final yes, no, but it tends to be fairly broad. And it has, you know, topics surrounding um, data science, machine learning, and also a lot of like how that intersects with cloud computing. Those are, yeah, that's the main one that I do. And there's another one on Medium. I don't know, something something about startups that I like. I kind of always like keeping up with that. Um, a lot of these, I kind of just like to keep up with what's on Twitter. Like I'll check Twitter once or twice a day and see, you know, like, People that I follow, if they've released new frameworks or if they have new updates to the frameworks that are there. Yeah, those are the big ones for just kind of like coffee. I don't like, so I, I like to separate out a lot of my learning into when I have sort of a lot of brain power and when I don't. I think that might be like the parent in me too. Like, how much sleep did I get last night? Really? What do I want to be doing here? And so I like, you know, like blog posts and sort of like coffee reading kind of for that kind of time. And then if I really have to dig into something, um, that's typically when I'm on. So Stack Overflow or maybe even taking a course, YouTube videos, like really like getting getting my hands dirty with okay, what what exactly are we doing? What about you? Cause you keep up with a lot of the um you probably keep up on more like DevOps topics which is kind of awful considering that that's the topic of the show than i do are there any particular like newsletters or you know bloggers or anything like that that you follow
0: well the, the main thing i follow of course is this great podcast called adventures in devops i learn all, most of my devops stuff there
1: of course as you should
0: although i haven't learned as much lately since the jillian host hasn't been on the show as much lately
1: i know i know but it's okay i'm back now she's Don't back worry. though so, I, so all, we're good to all go behind us <laughs>
0: Well, so I don't I don't follow DevOps specifically, but I, in a broader sense, I follow Dev and Ops. Maybe there's a, I mean there's a few bloggers I suppose I follow. I follow Kent Beck, who's who's more known for software development than for for DevOps, so to speak. Dave Farley, he has a YouTube channel, which is great. It's very DevOps centric. Uh, it's called Continuous Delivery. And a few others I follow on LinkedIn. So you know I I, t- I tend to see a sort of a mix of different people's posts there. There's a website I like to follow called. It will never work in theory.org, which publishes or links to published academic research related to software development. So it's it's not your typical echo chamber of write clean code and and that sort of thing, which which is maybe fine. But, you know, it's it's actual academic research on topics related to software development. So it's kind of refreshing um, place to go for that. What else? I really like there's a few YouTube. I should say there's a few conferences that have YouTube channels I like. Um, Lead Dev is one. GoTo is one. Yeah, I used to be an avid follower of Joel Spolsky, but he doesn't really blog anymore. So I don't know. There's a lot of people There's I read. Will's YouTube um,
1: channel too. Which we one? Plug that. Will's YouTube. Oh yeah, channel?
0: Will's YouTube channel. Yeah, DevOps for Developers. It's a good place to go. And of course, yes, my YouTube channel. Good. If you're learning Go, is a good place to go. No pun intended. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I I I tend to pull in a lot of information from a lot of places. So I. I can't like point to a specific set of people I follow because I'm, I'm always trying to find new information because you know I write every day so I'm trying to find information that I can you know inspiration to write about so I just kind of keep my eyes open for stuff everywhere and a lot of that comes from LinkedIn and slot conversations I'm on several slot groups where I, I talk to people and ask questions and stuff like that I guess dev.2 is maybe a site yeah yeah we could talk about that mm-hmm? um, I guess dev.2 would be one dimension I, I write there I don't read a lot there because it's usually for more beginners th- than I am so I, I don't find a lot there that I feel teaches me. Although uh, sometimes Google gets me there and, and that finds you, I find useful information there, but a lot of people really like to read that uh, dev. too. So yeah, do you want to talk about Slack?
1: Yeah, actually that, that did remind me that I do belong to a couple Slack channels and that's actually been another really good, like I need information now kind of gateway is being in on these Slack channels. There are a few for like a few different frameworks that I use heavily. Um, there's one that I belong to that it's called bits and bio and they're, like very much the bioinformatics cloud space. And that's been a really fun one to belong to. There's like a lot of nice people in there. So if you're in kind of like data science on the cloud, that one might be interesting for you. There's one called, they go by Cloud Posse sometimes and Sweet Ops the rest of the time. They publish like a ton of Terraform recipes that I kind of steal and use all the time. I'm very grateful that they're all out there and all open source and that kind of thing because I really rely very heavily on them. And sometimes if I have a question on them, I will just go into their Slack channel and be like, I can't get this thing working. And then like immediately somebody answers me. And it's fantastic. So I'm in there a lot. Those those are the big ones. And then I'm also in one for some kind of like data science specific frameworks. Like there's one called Prefect, which is a workflow orchestration manager. And it's interesting because it's one of these tools that like you need to write code, but then to deploy it, you also need like a pretty deep understanding of, you know, a cluster or an HPC or a Kubernetes cluster or something like that. So that has kind of its own like community. And then Hub is another Tool that I use, it's like a platform for hosting Python code and, and notebooks and all this kind of stuff. And then they have sort of their own community around deploying Jupyter Hub on the cloud. So a lot of times I'm in these sort of like very niche groups for these very specific frameworks that I use. And then you know I'm I'm in there talking about like kind of these very specific frameworks and how do we deploy them on the HPC or on Kubernetes? How do we do the scaling? How do we put these on batch? That kind of thing. I also tend to follow the AWS documentation and they produce these things called labs, which are these sort of like standalone, like static documentation websites that sort of guide you through a particular problem. Like there's one that I've been on kind of constantly that. Uh, deploys this tool called Gromax, which does like it does like protein predictions and things or molecule predictions, rather. But it's one of these softwares that you don't just have to know the software, you have to know, like how to scale it out on the on the cloud, because it needs to be scaled out like among multiple computers and an aws has a really good lab on like kind of going through like okay these are the steps and these are how you do it and all that kind of thing so it's really tends to be like sometimes i'm just like oh helm i forget the flag for upgrade you know like what is it and i'll go google it but a lot of times i'm really like looking for these very specific frameworks and this kind of thing that i'm stuck in so i don't know how generally applicable it is to the rest of the listeners except for all the tools that i just mentioned you know if you use those too there are Slack groups and Discord groups and there's like all the groups. Go find them and commiserate with me. We'll get through it together.
0: Nice. I'm on a couple of different Slack groups. Uh, they're, they're more focused towards like Agile leadership type stuff, but one of them in particular has some good DevOps technical stuff too. And that's the RANDS Leadership Slack. If you Google for that, you'll find, you can you can ask for an invite. You have to send an invite request, an email address, but just Google for the RANDS Leadership Slack, R-A-N-D-S, if you're interested. And they have, I don't know, 20,000 people on the Slack, I think. It's a pretty large group with channels ranging from DevOps to programming to, to places to get advice for hiring and interviews, incident response, and a lot of the softer skill stuff like, uh, I don't know, project product management and parenting and groups for different religions, all sorts of stuff on here. The common theme, though, is that it's people with an interest in, in leadership in their in their companies, I guess. thus the name Leadership Slack. So that one, that's, a, that's one I can recommend. It's a good place, uh, good people on there, and a lot of uh, good information. Uh, the other one that's kind of similar, but it's a smaller Slack, I, I think there's still, still several thousand people, but it's a lot less traffic, is the Hands on Agile Slack group. Uh, again, Google for it. It's a lot less technical. It's more about the, the sort of ma- management side of Agile. So if you're interested in that, then it might be for you. But for, for people, probably for most of our listeners, the range leadership slack would be a better one.
1: That does sound interesting. I think sometimes like soft skills and communication presentation skills, all these kind of things are underrated, but they'll probably something that will take you like farther in your career than your technical skills will at the Definitely. end of the day like they have a much longer shelf life than whatever this flag in kubernetes is that like i'm not even going to remember in 5 minutes so I, right. I think those are really great to go get involved in
0: and not to mention the uh, how many people do we know who are who are wonderful people people but don't have the technical skills that that advance quickly versus the ones who have the best technical skills but are just stuck in a in a in a job lower maybe than they want because they don't have those people skills so yeah the, so i not say that you should neglect technical skills but you need at least a small amount of the people skills and the, and the soft skills, too.
1: Absolutely. I definitely agree with that one.
0: Well, what else can we talk about with regard to learning or have, have we covered it all?
1: I don't remember where this quote comes from, but it's, it's something along the lines, the best way to learn something is to teach something. So if mm-hmm. you're kind of in the process of learning something, what I always find really helpful is I sort of like write documentation to myself. And I joke sometimes it's like, you know, it's for me in like 10 minutes when I've forgotten the thing that it is that I'm doing, you know, in my old age here. But like and but that that still holds like very, very true. And I actually really do do that. Um, I'll, you know, just sit down and write, even if it's just like a long kind of markdown document of like, OK, these are the steps that I took and this is what I did. And then when I was less of a slacker about my blog, like, you know, I would put those up as blog posts or as like, you know, small static websites, like, okay, here's kind of this lab on doing this very particular topic. And you really will find that over time people will come and ask you questions. And it actually it really does deepen your understanding of a topic. So I'm still I wish I could remember where the quote came from so that I could attribute it properly. But it's it's something along the lines of, you know, if you really want to learn something well, try to teach it because it will show you very quickly where you're kind of like gaps in knowledge are
0: yeah i've, I've definitely heard that stated in a different ways. so and, and i agree with it if you're struggling to learn something teaching it is a, a surefire way to, to to boost your own skill level or your understanding at least so that you can you can teach someone else
1: yeah try to teach cool. it to your kids i do that every once in a while and i i tend to fail like pretty spectacularly because there are just some things i don't know like what is the internet mm-hmm. i don't even know what the internet is i use it every day <laughs> I use oh, like it like all day, every day. It's a I little box with a blinking light. Oh yeah, that's. I mean that too.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Don't you worry. Soon your kids will get big enough to ask these kinds of questions, and then and then you'll be stuck with me being like, oh, I don't even know what I don't know. This is bad. This is bad scenes, guys.
0: I did an episode of my podcast, an early one, with a children's book author, uh, Miriam Tosino, where she she writes children's books about answering questions like this like what is the internet and that the two main characters in the book are cero and onus which are are binary digits and they go through their little adventures in in the binary world to teach children about computers so maybe uh, i should send you a gift copy of one of these books so you can explain to your children
1: that is very cute i think i would like that that's very fun
0: (laughs) all right well are we done Do you think of anything else so yeah
1: that's all that i got google blog posts um subscribe to newsletters if you really want to know, like maybe take a course, if somebody else is paying, get a certificate.
0: Yeah. Nice.
1: I don't know that I'd do one if I had to pay for it. I don't think so.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, maybe it was a business expense, but on a, on a, for personal development, there's, there's not a whole lot of certifications I would be paying for. No, for I don't think
1: so. I haven't taken one since uh, it's been under my own expense report, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I should, though.
0: All right. Well, should we do some picks? I think we've already mentioned a handful of of reasonable picks throughout the show, talking about channels and whatnot, but we can do some official picks.
2: Hey, folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. Do you have any ready?
1: Sure. So I guess, first of all, I'll pick what I was talking about earlier in the show. There's a publication called Towards Data Science. If you're interested in kind of the any sort of topics surrounding data science or machine learning, that's a really good place to start. They cover all kinds of topics from like very, you know, beginning, beginner ML kind of tutorials to, to, you know, to more advanced to cloud computing to Kubernetes, you know, all this kind of stuff. There's also a instructor that I really like on Udemy, and I have actually taken quite a few of his courses. His name is, and hopefully I don't butcher it, it's Jose Portilla, and he does a lot of data science courses. He has a really good one on building dashboards with this Python framework called Dash that i really liked that i thought was really good and then for more fun picks i'm gonna pick the hbo adaptation of his dark materials it was so good usually i don't like like movie and tv show adaptations of you know my favorite books but this one i actually really really liked i would recommend not watching the season finales if you have things that you have to do and you don't want to be crying for those things but besides Mm -hmm. that it was it was a really great show they did a good job Uh, They kept pretty faithful to the books, you know, like as much as they can. It's it's a TV versus books. But that was the first adaptation of that series that I really liked. So that's that's my fun pick. That's it. What about you, Jonathan?
0: yeah so i have a couple picks first i'm gonna i'm gonna pick the Ceros and ona series uh since i just mentioned it for children if you have children in your life whether they're yours or maybe they' are nie- nieces or nephews or something these books are fun uh you can go to cerosandona.com. and dot com i'll spell that because it's kind of uh weird it's z e r u s o n d o n a dot com or Z if you're not from america like i am the uh, the first letter uh, but yeah, go to zeros and ona and check out the books. I think there's three available, and they're available in many languages. The first one, at least, is in English, Spanish, Dutch, German, and French. So that covers a large portion of the world's children that can read this these books. My second pick, I, I've picked it before, but it's really relevant to the topic today. It's a book called Commitment. It's a it's an uh, graphic novel, but they introduce the topic uh, or the concept of a knowledge option, which is really relevant to the to our topic. Uh, it's basically the idea of learn enough about a topic to know how long it will take you to learn more about the topic and then stop until you need to know more about the topic. And, and that's just one of the concepts in the book. The, the book is really more about managing risk in projects. In fact, that's the subtitle. The, the full title is Commitment Novel About Managing Project Risk by Olav Massen. So check that one out. Like I said, it's a graphic novel, so it's it's actually a really quick read because it's basically cartoons, but don't let that fool you into thinking that it's a children's book or a non-serious topic. It's actually a really good uh, business book. And my, my fun pick for the week, uh, I haven't done three picks in forever, but my my fun pick for the week. We just finished watching the uh, the current or most recent episode, or most recent season of Star Trek Prodigy, which is or not. I'm sorry, I said the wrong one. We were watching that too. The one we just finished watching though was Lower Decks, Star Trek Lower Decks, which I really like. If you like Family Guy or those sorts of cartoon shows, and you like Star Trek, you'll enjoy this. It's basically a Star Trek show that makes fun of itself. They make fun of all the silly gags in Star Trek and that everybody wears ridiculous looking uniforms and things like that. So it's funny. Half hour episodes. Uh, I think it was season three just finished. So that's my third pick, Star Trek Lower Decks. And I guess that is a wrap. Cool. Anything you want to add, Jillian, before we sign off?
1: Nope, I'm good.
2: Okay, great. Hope to see you all here next week. Until then. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit dot com to learn more.